Good morning, Lydia House. Welcome, everyone. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. There was so much to be thankful for this year. And this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, this is our first week of Advent, and so I'd like to read out of Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son. We thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you ever live to bring us and guide us and keep us in truth as you direct us to the Son and the Father. We, we thank you, Lord, for the beginning of this Advent season. Help us to each discover something brand new and wonderful and exciting as we uh, seek the Lord this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could you help uh, Kaylee with the candle? We're going to light the Advent uh, candle. We'll talk a little more about the Advent wreath next week, but we light one candle each week, so one this week, two next week, etc., to help us anticipate the coming of Jesus. And the candles move clockwise progressively towards us so that when that final candle is lit, it's time for the baby to come. So this is that time when we remember what Jesus did for us the first time he came and the brilliance and majesty of that. But also, Advent is a time to look forward to when he comes again. And so let's, we're going to do a lot of songs you know. <laughs> Some of them maybe slightly differently. Uh, and there will be a lot of music the next few weeks because it's Advent. And music is one of the most wonderful things about Advent, in my opinion. So this one you know. We add a little rest in the middle of each verse, so just follow us and you'll catch on pretty quick. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Will angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him what the babe, the son of Mary. He in such mean state where oxen as are feeding. Where Christian fearful sin is here, the silent word is bleeding. Now spears shall pierce him through the cross he bore for me, for you. King to own him, the King of 
Now look at that verse. I want you to look at that for a second. Some of you are aware of this, but this, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Nice rhyme, right? King, could you put that up here, the, the uh, first chorus? So there it is on the bottom. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Nice rhyme, right? You, you, you like to rhyme in music. Now, look at the next line. Haste, haste to bring him laud. Laud is a very unusual word. Do we say laud <laughs> ever? It means praise, exaltation, right? So he chose a very strange word to put in a song. Hail, hail to bring, uh, haste, haste to bring him laud. What does laud rhyme with? God. God. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, the only reason to choose the word laud is to rhyme it with God. And the babe, the son of God. That's true, right? That's what he expects you to think in your brain. And so that when he says Mary, which not only does not rhyme, but is two syllables instead of one, it is wrong. It is completely wrong. It's not how you do poetry. It's not how you do music. And people at, that, uh, at this day when it was written were like, what? And so what is he doing by that? Jesus does this all the time when he'll say something that's just like so out of the blue or so different. It's to draw attention to it. He yeah. really wants you to see Jesus was also the son of Mary. Yeah. He was a man. He was a man just like you and I. And he was born, and then the song goes out to explain how he was born in, in a very humble way. And he was a human. He was very human, 100% human. And he went through all these different things that the choruses lay out for us. Isn't that cool? Yes. I, I, I like that one. Okay. Couple quick announcements. Um, you can be seated, but it'll be one minute, so it's up to you. Uh, Christmas party next week after church. We're gonna have a Christmas party. There's gonna be food. I am gonna be ordering a great many chicken wings from Buffalo Wild Wings. And um, Anne has volunteered to, and Joel, oh, wow. who, who we will pray for in a moment, um, have volunteered to make a bunch of food. And so if you wanna bring something next week, you are welcome to, you know, dessert, salad, side dishes, that sort of thing. Um, but the, the hope is to sort of give people a week off from feeling like they have to cook uh, for the potluck by yeah, providing. Week, we don't have to cook, right? That's what I'm saying to you. And so, I mean, you deal with that on your own and do whatever you want, but I, the pastor is saying you don't have to cook next week. So that's, do, do that as you wish. Um, so yeah, plan to stay after next week, eat some food, uh, invite people. Christmas parties are a great time to invite people, guys. Um, Advent is a great time to invite people. There are a lot of people who maybe haven't been to church in years, but Christmas time they remember from when they were a kid, right? And so this is a great time to invite people back to church. Uh, so I really, I really do recommend you do that. Find a neighbor, find a friend, find somebody you haven't talked to for a while. Say, well, hey, what are you doing for church during Christmas time? Oh, you know, uh, well, you should come with me. It's really fun. Yeah. That's so 
Uh, that's my challenge. That's the homework for this week. Uh, prayer meeting this Tuesday. Come back to the table there. Tuesday, 10.30 a.m., prayer meeting. Um, and year-end year giving, for those who do year-end giving and tax kind of things, um, this is the end of the year, so consider that sort of thing. And for Advent, I put the offering box up front by the Advent wreath instead of back there in the back. And that's not to, like, make you feel strange coming up to give an offering. Um, the idea is just like the wise men brought their gifts to Jesus, they came all the way up to bring them to him. They traveled a long, long ways. I figure we can at least walk down the aisle and put it in front of the Advent wreath, sort of like a manger. Um, so that was the idea there. So this is where the offering box is, of course, giving online. And we do appreciate all of those gifts. Should we sing a couple more songs? A couple more Christmas carols? Thank you, Lord, for Christmas. This song, um, this is God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And there's another interesting thing that we could say about the song. Um, this was written in England during a time when very few people were Christians. I mean, for those of you who watch the news or look around at our country today and think, oh, we're so bad off, we're, we're great compared to what it was back then. This is 1800-ish. A little bit after that. Um, Christianity was very unpopular. They were nowhere near the majority. They were the minority, minority, minority. Very, very small group of Christians left. People were mocking Christmas. They were trying to get Christmas taken away from a, a national holiday, get rid of Christmas. Dickens deals with that a little bit in A Christmas Carol. And so this was a time when not a lot of people cared about Christmas or knew what it was even about anymore. Um, and the word rest there means keep. like to hold you in place, not rest like take a snooze. So God rest you merry means God keep you merry. May the Lord keep you joyous during this season, even though it's really hard to stay joyous right now because it seems like everyone's against us. So that's what that line means. That's what the song means. Let nothing you dismay. Forget about what the world is doing. Focus in on Christ our Savior. That's what this season is about. And so even though I'll, I'll say it a million times, we have it much better right now than they do then. Some of us maybe are feeling a little bit of that these days. And so let me encourage you that, hey, let God keep you merry. Allow God to keep you joyous. Don't dismay during this season. Focus on Jesus. Focus on what he did for us during this season. And look forward for opportunities to share that with other people you come across. Amen? Amen. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ the Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray. Shepherds by tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of 
fear not. Then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior of a pure virgin right. To free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And when they came to Bethlehem, where our dear Savior lay, they found him in a manger, where oxen feed on hay. His mother Mary kneeling down unto the Lord did pray, oh, All you within this place And with true love and brotherhood Each other now embrace This holy tide of Christmas All others doth deface Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Oh, tidings Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Amen. Now this, we're going to do a little more traditionally. We don't have an organ, but... This is meant to be really sang a cappella. Anyway, since it's a Christmas carol, Angels We Have Heard on High, I think you know it. <laughs> Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Bethlehem and see Christ whose birth the 
lot of chords in that song. All right, you can be seated for a moment. It's a wonderful time, isn't it? You start singing those carols and memories come back. I'm having memories. I'm, I'm smiling at some things. We're, we're singing about angels. Remember when we had our Christmas programs and the little girls in curls would be the angels? And whenever angels show up in the Bible, people are terrified. They're absolutely terrified. And so they have to say, do not be afraid because they are towering people who could take out the U.S. Marines, one of them alone. So we got a few things wrong, but we got a lot of things right, too. And it's such a wonderful season. Thank you for explaining those two hymns because sometimes we, we don't get it all quite right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> says former Marine. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You had the book. Oh, so good to see you. My, oh, my. Glad to have you back. He's got his, ta he's got his tank with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, indeed. So, there is a scripture that says from the psalmist, when the psalmist was in a great deal of despair, he said, Lord, heal me, bring me deliverance, so that in the assembly of the saints, I can give praise to you for my deliverance. Those words are true. I showed up at death's door, and the door was locked. I spent time in the waiting room. The door was still locked. The prayers of the saints are answered. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot from that time that the power of prayer is powerful. The powers of the saints are even more powerful. Music. Music kept me alive. It was in that time period when David brought me my phone. I was in incredible respiratory distress. And the worship music that I could play caused me to breathe. Wow and caused me, my lungs to open up. Apart from that, I would not be here. The believing nurses would come in during my time of prayer and ministry and would see me contorting and movements. The unbelievers would say I was doing a weird form of yoga. But the believers, believing nurses, knew differently that this was a spiritual exercise 
to honor God. Thank you for the prayers. The devil is a prowling lion seeking to destroy. Sin does this. Sin does this to me. It did that to me. The prayers of the saints gave release. It gave hope. There is hope. There is power in music. There is power. So prepare for the time when you may have to experience this, a family member. Know that God is faithful and that he answers prayer. Thank you. Someone join me here for prayer. Chris, you want to come up here? What a day, Lord. Oh, we just give you praise. We praise you that Joel is with us and that you've answered so many miraculous prayers. Mm -hmm. And we thank you that um, he's got a new life. And uh, I just pray you'd redeem everything from the past mm -hmm. and uh, make it a glorious um, new beginning. Encourage him in every way. I pray for a huge reconciliation of any issues in family, that you do miraculous things among their kids. And we just praise you and thank you that you are a healing God. Yes. Yeah, Jehovah Rapha, yes. the God who heals and that you healed them. Yes, we praise you and thank you. Thank you for the, the, the testimony he has. And may, may you use that to bring many people to you. In the name of Christ. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Yeah. Welcome back. John and Masumi, your strength is back and you're feeling, feeling good. We want to remember those who are not here. Kent and Naomi have COVID, so we want to pray for them. Uh, Tim is home because Ruth is there. Rafik has it in that family. Rafik and Chris both got it. Uh, Rafik is doing the worst, so he's really struggling. So we want to let's pray for them now. And uh, any others that we need to pray? Is uh, is she doing okay? Uh huh. So f Ruth is doing okay. Yeah, she's she's mainly she's 60%. Chris is 40%. Rafiq, I just talked to him on the phone. Rafiq is maybe 20%. So, uh, Father, we pray for them. We pray for return of Tim and Ruth and Rafiq and Chris. We pray for Chris. We pray that you give strength to his body. We thank you for Chris. What a bright spirit. What a what a desire to serve the Lord and to touch people. And we pray for Rafiq. We thank you that you have reorganized Rafiq's mind. You've uh, you've uh, re re you've pulled him together and given him a new uh, a new life in Jesus. And we pray now that you would heal him. We speak healing into Rafiq's body. Thank you, God, for your great love for us. Okay, I want to read a passage. Uh, normally, I give the words of institution, or Nate does, uh, at a, a little different point, but I'm going to read them now. 
because of what Jesus said uh, about Advent. So I'm going to. Now, as they were eating, here are the words of institution. As they were eating, this is the context, it's a meal. Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. This is going to mean something when he saw their when they saw his body on the cross. Moments later, this is evening, the next morning, they would see him on the cross. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant. They saw him bleedy. They saw him pouring out blood before he ever got to the cross. He was beaten to a pulp from midnight till six. And then the soldiers continued it. Before Pilate let him go, they scourged him. You know what that is? That's a whip with metal on it. So he was almost dead before he got to the cross. That's why he couldn't carry the cross. He, he was too weak. He was too weak. He was bloody. This is my blood of the covenant, the promise, which is poured out for many for what? the forgiveness of sins. Listen to this now. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's house. Nate already said that Advent is looking back and looking ahead. We're looking back to the first coming and we're acknowledging that Christ came in the flesh and died in the flesh. And we're also looking ahead to the next time he will eat. Jesus said, I'm not going to eat anymore. That was the last time that he had food. When will we have it again? When we sit down together with him in the new earth. So we eat this in anticipation of uh, what's going to take place. So... We, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us to pray, and we're going to confess uh, the creed, the uh, Apostles' Creed. So let us pray together. And we, as we pray, he taught us to pray. He taught us to say this. And so what do we say? We say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory, forever and ever. Let's stand and declare our faith that uh, in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Do we have it uh, printed for us? think so. Okay. <coughs> oh, okay. Pardon? It won't be on the screen okay. this time. Let's say it together. I believe God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So we believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. So we take only enough time to deal with sin in our life. We don't concentrate on sin, but we deal with it. So we just take one moment now in our heart to let the Lord shine anything on us. If there is a quick word, a quick action, a wrong thought, we confess it so that our concentration is not on our sin but on our Savior. We thank you, Father. We know that the cross was very difficult for you. To hear your son say, my God, my God, that was heart-wrenching for him and for you. And you did it out of your great love for us so that 2,000 years later we could be forgiven of those things that are wrong in our heart, in our life. And we acknowledge that. We we ask you to forgive us, and we forgive others. We say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Think of people that you may need to forgive. Just say, I forgive them. The Bible says we don't want to eat and drink in an unworthy manner, and that doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're forgiven. And so we receive the Lord's forgiven. I've already read the words of institution, and so now I'm going to invite you to come up, the elements will be here, S Steve and Luann, you can come up and help them as you come up. You can take them right here, or you can bring them back to your seat, whichever you'd prefer. We can bring them to you, so, uh, okay. So uh, they'll be here, and you can come up and then receive, and then go back to your seats. So I, invi I invite you to come, take and eat body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. God. 
Now the body of our Lord Jesus Christ and his precious, powerful blood strengthen you and keep you steadfast unto life everlasting. Peace be with you. Amen.
wonderful night. Thank you that we can come to you just like they did that first night without anything hindering us. Everybody was able to come, shepherds, kings, and you invite everybody now and I pray that you would help us to, to do that, to humble ourselves. In Jesus' name. Let's pray for Nate, who has surgery in two days. Uh, you put your hand on your daddy-o. And uh, what are you having surgery for? Uh, sinus surgery to hopefully correct the chronic sinusitis I've had all my life. Basically always fighting off a sinus infection to one degree or another. And it, I was sick all the time as a kid, and it got a little better for a while through some different medical things, um, but now it's been getting progressively worse again. So I've ga I gave God about a decade to heal it, and he chose to let me get surgery. So that's what I'm gonna do on Tuesday, and so I appreciate your prayers. It's an out supposed to be an outpatient surgery, you know, not too severe. I won't go into detail, because you don't want to hear the details, but <laughs> they're gonna hopefully fix my sinuses. And yeah, they say I'm supposed to be out for one to two weeks, but I plan to be here next Sunday. <laughs> I'm also supposed to be quarantining right now. <laughs> they said get a COVID test and then don't see anyone until your surgery. So I'm cheating. So I'm not going to shake hands today. Don't be offended. Just put your dark glasses on. <laughs> Nobody will notice. So stretch out your hand, Nate. We thank you, Father, that you have commissioned your people to bring healing. You sent your disciples out to do what you did. We are your disciples. We're to do what you did. We're to cast out demons and we're to heal the sick. And so we speak healing to our brother. We pray that you would correct what happened years ago. We pray that it would be better than normal. We pray that it would be really good. We believe you. We believe you for Nate. And so we bless him. We say the Lord bless you with a good surgery, with a good recovery, and with healing through the life and death of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And uh, next week, Kaylee will be debuting her new Christmas song that she wrote. So anticipate. She is very gifted. When I listened to the last song she wrote, I said, that gal has got it. I knew that before, but then I really affirmed it. So we, do we have some kids here that want to come up for a kid's sermon? Or do I want to go, well, we want to do a kid's sermon. So you're welcome to come up with your kids. If that wakes. They're going to get them. Here they come. Okay. What beautiful clothes you kids have on. My, wow. This is really neat. Isn't this a wonderful time of the year when we get to sing the Christmas carols? And there's another song that I think you know, and we sing it when it's somebody's birthday. What is that song? Do you know it? Shall we sing it together? 
Is it somebody's birthday here? Somebody's birthday? Whose birthday is it? Whose birthday are we celebrating? Can we say, who's, who's, who are we celebrating now? Whose birthday? It's Jesus's birthday. So shall we sing happy birthday to Jesus? Every year we can sing because that's what Christmas is about. Isn't this funny? Now, when we give gifts, who do we give them to? We give them to one another. Maybe we should give something to Jesus if it's his birthday, wouldn't you think? Mm -hmm. So, oh, you want to help me here. Okay. <laughs> oh, we'll do it together. We want to sing happy birthday, Jesus. Okay, let's go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Jesus, we hope you have the best birthday that you've ever had, and we want to help you celebrate this Christmas. Amen. speaker and anything else that you want to share with us or I don't, I don't have anything else, but oh. I don't know. <laughs> well come on up anyway because we're not going to see you for a while now after today this will be it for a, quite a while yeah how long now when would be the next time we'll see you again uh, I think I'll be up in March okay but that's not for sure okay and would you come in March when he comes in March okay so we'll have to say a good goodbye to them. Lahitraot is Hebrew, and it means literally to see you. So we're 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 saying bye, but we're saying gonna see you. Lahitraot. So also say the shalom. We could. Yes. We could. I, I suggest we could say just shalom. Shalom Uvrahim means to all of them. Uvracha means to you. Shalom uvracha. You gotta say it, go, go. Like that. I've got a mic. Oh, you got a mic, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a, not a time to speak Hebrew. Okay, so we bless you guys. We love you. We, we thank you. Father, for letting us have them with us again now. We thank you for the training that you've allowed Larissa to have. How wonderful that uh, she was able to do what she was called to do. And we thank you now for this season of internship and a certification. And then the season where you'll launch them in uh, dual ministries, uh, wherever that place may be. We bless the message. Uh, for today, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone. Well, it's good to be back. Thank you for the opportunity to kind of finish up what we started a week ago. And if you weren't here a week ago, um, kind of the theme or themes that we're working on is 
like life direction, how we get our sense of direction and guidance from God and like hearing his voice and and then what do we do when, when life doesn't seem to go right and um, when when there's pitfalls and, and detours that are not the scenic ones that are pretty to look at. So that's kind of where we're, where we're headed today. And then hopefully, yeah, even at the end, we can have a time to even break up into groups and, and discuss for those who are able to, to stick around. Um, so I'd like to begin in John chapter 10. Uh, verses 2 through 5. John 10, 2 through 5 says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And so here, again, we have this uh, comparison of Jesus being a good shepherd and, and we being the sheep, uh, and a, a, a good sheep that has spent a lot of time, a uh, good shepherd has spent a lot of time with the sheep, knows uh, that when he speaks, they'll be able to follow um, because they're familiar with their uh, with his voice. Does anyone have a dog at home? If you crinkle like a little wrapper of anything, they usually come charging out because they think the snack is is appearing because they know you're eating, <laughs> that they should be eating too. Um, I think our relationship with God, that closeness, that steadiness with Him, uh, what we develop in that private place with him is what allows us to have that further um, understanding of what is and is not his voice, that we're not following a stranger's voice, that we're actually following the voice of, of our good shepherd. And so just practically thinking from Larissa's and my life together, um, we were in New Zealand serving in ministry with YWAM there, and then we're driving along and, and really feeling uh, maybe there's a, a change. If you know much of our story, you realize there's a lot of changes that have happened, a lot of transitions that have taken place uh, in the time that we've been married. And we were really excited for the opportunity uh, to go to Cambodia. It was a place we'd each been before, very short term, and we felt like maybe that was actually something that God was calling us to. And we felt a lot of peace about it and excitement, and looking back on it, it's remarkable that we, we did go, that we just like were able to leave everything and go, and I'm sure we hurt people that we left, um, commitments that we uh, ended quickly, and we went. And I'm still to this day very confident that God had called us, that that word was clear of Cambodia and even some specific things within that ministry to do there. Um, but I think we were quick to hear that because that sounded exciting, that change, that uh, new place, uh, new ministry seemed exciting, but we didn't have ears to even listen further that there would be more because what ended happening after about seven weeks of 
really like failure. <laughs> uh, we packed everything up and, and left. And we look back on that season not liking remembering that time. Uh, just it wasn't it wasn't good. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, you know the the gifts that we had uh, weren't necessarily the ones that needed to be applied in that kind of context. And we didn't put in the slow work or the relationship building to gather others, to create a team of people that would be able to, to benefit um, what was needed, or to take the time to, to uh, partner with an existing organization. We just had the faith, we thought, and just took off and, and went running, which is admirable in one sense. But in the long run, it, it fell short. And um, so God knew, obviously, that that was what was going to happen. <laughs> and we look back on that. and in our own life is something of a reminder of how to, how to not do things, uh, how to do things well, how to do things better, um, taking that time, allowing God to speak more into not just like here's the what, but like a little more of like the how and contextualizing it and, and doing that in community. Um, Can I ask? Yeah. You don't have to answer. Do you feel like you left too soon or I think we, we departed to go to Cambodia too soon, I would say, that we didn't have enough backing us to be effective in ministry while we were there. And then while we were there, we, we did very little because we just didn't have the equipping and the tools and the people, um, not that about numbers, but the, the giftings to, uh, to really do what we felt the call was to do. Um, so I think kind of missed, we caught the part that was like, you should do this. And then we're like, that's exciting, let's go. And then forgot like, you can't just take the car, like you gotta get the permit, get the test, get the license and, and go. But yeah, good question. Was there another hand? Yeah. Now, I mean, that was such a great experience for you to see, you know, what is needed. But at that time, it was just your hearts were in the right place, but yeah. just the unknowing because you've never been there. So it was like inexperience. And then, of course, like Nick just said, you weren't equipped, right? So God does great things. He taught you so much through that. But through our mistakes, all things were good, right? There was, yeah, definitely a lot of learning, a lot of benefit on the other side of it um, that we didn't really see <laughs> in the moment. Because in the moment, it just felt like we were utterly falling on our faces and not in a good worshipful way, but in an embarrassing way. Um, Can I just, just add to that because it's a good teaching moment, and that's what I do. Um, so you're, you're telling a great story about the difference between a calling and a release hmm. into something. And there can be a, di there's a difference. There's always a difference. Sometimes the calling and the release are like, boom, boom, right? Go do this, okay. But other times we're called to do something and then we have to wait on the Lord for him to say, okay, now go. You know, and I've experienced that many times. Paul's experienced it. God told Paul, you know, start a school. And it was 20 years, I think he said, before God said, now's the time to do that. And God spoke to me about revival when I was 17 and I'm 43 and I'm still waiting on that one, right? Um, and I'm sure we all have stories like that as well. So 
usually the gap in between is so that we could have get more training and prepare ourselves. And also there's a measure of perseverance in there. Like God wants to make sure we're serious. So he knows that time is hard for humans. He doesn't have to worry about that, right? But for us, time can be very difficult. Waiting can be very difficult. And so perseverance and faith is tested during that time, which is a big part of it. So thanks. That's a really great example of that. And I think we've all been there with you where we've jumped the gun out of excitement. You know, and there's no condemnation, I don't think, for that. But it is a good lesson. And it just brings me to thinking of, like, both the call and the cost of discipleship. As Christians, we're all obviously called um, to to be a disciple of Jesus and then to make disciples of Jesus. And, and there's a cost of the discipleship too. And we think and recall back to scripture of uh, the rich young ruler, uh, you know, what do I do to be saved? And Jesus said, you know, you gotta sell everything and, and come and give that to the poor and follow him. And, and he wasn't willing to do that. And I think God might not necessarily be calling you to Tanzania, but he's calling you to surrender. He's calling you to submit to his lordship in your life in all aspects and being able to uh, really count the cost of what that discipleship means in your life that he would uh, be first and foremost of, of everything you think of fishermen who are just going about their daily lives and jesus comes up and says follow me and they left their nets their father in the boat and they went and that's a remarkable thing to have that just yes lord i will follow um, and not knowing everything but just knowing that he's going to take you and 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 that you trust him and and follow him and, and that blessing that that comes though there may be great cost in following jesus and christians around the world are experiencing that in, in different levels uh, there's great blessing as well in in having that um, yielded submission to the lord and and being surrendered to him and just contrasting uh, you know, then one of the disciples asking, like, what about us? We did leave everything and followed you. Like, what, what do we get out of it? <laughs> and, you know, Jesus telling him that those who have left, you know, father and mother and houses and fields and home and country of, of gaining that much more. I mean, just look in this room. I think we would count ourselves as a family. And this is bigger than any one of our biological families that we come from. And this is just a small example of, of the family of God and, and what we gain so much more uh, by giving to Jesus. And something else uh, to consider is how, how do we find contentment when we just want to be out of our present circumstances, um, being kind of that balance between being dedicated and being dynamic, that we're not just, oh, I'm just going to work here and live here only because that's where I'm finding all my security in. Uh, but being willing to be open to the idea of change, being open to the idea of listening to God, of checking in every now and then, am I still in the right place? Am I still doing the right thing? Um, I definitely don't come from a generation where it's like known for dedication and commitment and working at the same job for 40 years and retiring. Um, and I think there's a balance to be learned from, from both of uh, if I'm just blindly just following what the culture does uh, I don't think that's right. And if I'm just, every time I get a good idea, I'm spiritualizing it and saying it's from Jesus. I don't, I don't think that's appropriate either. And so how do we discern what God's voice is? And again, comes back down to, I think, being that sheep 
that spends a lot of time in the presence of the Good Shepherd, of, of knowing what he sounds like, what he doesn't sound like, and um, not doing that in a vacuum, of being able to um, have other people in our lives that we can turn to for wise counsel, that we can seek um, for help when we're not sure what to do or if this thing is from God that we're pursuing. Um, another example from Larissa's in my life is, is how we got to this point of how we're headed to Dayton. Um, we were working with YY Minneapolis, uh, which is out in Rockford, Minnesota, for a few years. And um, I think it was December of 2019, Paul had shared a, uh, what we feel is a prophetic word that, that change was coming. And Paul and Larissa, you can both chime in. It was like change of location, change of environment, uh, very much change. And so that January, we met with our leaders and said, hey, like we don't know what this is. We're not naturally trying to find this change, but we really feel like God has a change for our life. So it was January of 2020, and just letting them know that that's where we're at. And we kept in contact with Paul, and he would meet with us and pray for us. And as we discerned um, the process, like natu my natural inclination was, like, okay, I need to find another job. So I started applying to all these churches and, and no one even got back to me to even say no. They just didn't reply at all. <laughs> and that was bizarre. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're like, okay, I don't know if that's it. And then uh, one night, Larissa and I both um, just really f had this huge just wave of peace as we were both thinking about um, her doing midwifery. It was something that she had really had been passionate about for years but never acted upon. And um, we were kind of following where where God was leading me and our family, um, kind of the primary lead. And uh, so we really got open about where we could go with this midwifery stuff. And then COVID's in the mix of all of that. So it's various programs around the world that Larissa could have done, um, but with international restrictions, things that were unable to be done. And that's where we got uh, landed with uh, the program that was in Bozeman, Montana, and for the last four months have been there. And then even how she got led to her, um, the woman that she'll be apprenticing under, it's just remarkable how God orchestrated that. And again, we didn't even know that until October. And it was just knowing, I think when we left, like our last Sunday in July, um, talk about that verse of uh, like Abraham left. You know, he, he knew that God had called him, uh, but he didn't know where to. <laughs> and, and, we were going, knowing that we had Bozeman, but didn't know what the next step was. And again, it, it didn't come out of, certainly didn't come out of our natural inclinations. Larissa's very eager to, to get overseas as soon as possible. And, and so it's definitely um, a sacrifice and a, and a form of surrender that she's even uh, willing to stay in Ohio. <laughs> and <laughs> it'll be a challenge in certain ways and a change, certainly. Um, but again, all of this has come out of us wanting to just, uh, as best as we know how, follow God in, in how we hear from Him. And, and what that means practically, I think, probably varies from person to person. But I know what's guided us a lot has been just the peace that seems to land on certain things that we are considering or, or praying about. There's things that just don't sit right as well, even if we naturally in ourselves desire to, to do X. Um, there may be more of a sense of peace on why, and 
and, and following after that. And, and again, doing that in um, partnership with other people, people like Paul, who we uh, look up to and, and trust and know that he'll be uh, you know, persevering in prayer for us and, and over the issue, uh, I think is key uh, to be able to, to not just go solo and, and maybe miss more of what God has. Again, like that um, story with Cambodia, I think we were meant to go um, it was just not done the right way. And had we stopped and paused and brought other people into it, I think that whole experience would have looked a lot differently. And I think it's the question, too, of how, how do we know we've gotten on course? And then if we feel we're on course, how do we know we've stayed on course? So I'd like to read a few more scriptures that kind of help guide in discernment things. Uh, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And what I see in that is the whole emphasis and thrust is it's like God, God, God. Like we can't renew ourselves. God needs to renew our mind, um, that we're able to discern God's will, that it's not our own will, and being able to have that start, begin, and end with God in, in all of that, that it's, it's his doing that. It's his sanctification of us. It's his uh, forming and reforming and reforming us that helps us to really become more closely connected to, to who he is, who his, uh, what his heart is like, his nature and character, that we can be uh, more confident that we're following after him and, uh, again, being more sure of what his, his will may be on, on big things and small things. I mean, I know people that will pray, like, where should I get lunch today, Lord? Like, he's interested in us. He cares about his children, and it's not that wacky <laughs> to ask him even the small things. And then also in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 20 to 21, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Uh, again, like with that word about change that we felt from Paul, uh, we weren't just going to take it and run with it, like, oh, this just means change everything, because change is the word. Uh, test it. Hold on to what is left that's solid and good. And, and so it was good to go to our leaders and, and to talk to them about this word that we felt of change, and not just like spring it on them and be like, by the way, in two weeks, we're out of here, that they knew like 18 months in advance that we were pursuing this change. And being able to, to weigh, whether that's with your spouse, you know, your family, your close friends, um, what the word is, and, and being able to have the cream rise to the top, so to speak. And then this verse we talked about uh, last week as well, Acts 15, 28. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. And, and just finding that very encouraging, that even in Scripture with the apostles, that they didn't know for sure, uh, but it seemed good to them. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit as best as they knew. And they were going to go and, and respond accordingly. And I think that's something for us that we can really make hearing God's voice be such a, a more complicated, complex, spiritual thing than it, than it has to be, that you're not going to probably hear his voice the way you're hearing my voice. 
I don't think you're going to wake up and see written in the sky, move to Tucson, but that would be nice. Uh, but I think you're going to hear in a different way, again, just that sense that you know of uh, who he is as your good shepherd, as, as that closest relationship. And if he's not that closest relationship, to, to move those other things out of the way in order that he is taking first place and, and preeminence in our life. And then, of course, life is not perfect, and there is the problem of pain. And we can all relate to things that have happened in our life that we were by no means uh, wanting or even expecting, uh, things that were not um, joyous things, things that were very painful, uh, loss of, of life or finances or, or health or varying ways that we see that real enemy who, who earnestly seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, and seeing the varying degrees of, of that pain. And, you know, we, we read the Lord's, or we recited the Lord's Prayer today um, together and just reminded that, you know, after we address our Father and acknowledging His holiness, that first part is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think we as Christians get to have a taste of that just even in our own salvation, that like we have been saved, like that is a huge act of, of God acting in this world um, and how we can see that even further. And sometimes we don't see the fullness of that salvation, of that redemption, of that restoration that we are seeking and hopeful for and yearning for. And sometimes we get glimpses of it. And I think it's, it's those painful seasons in our life that really mark us probably the most and really have um, like the highest tendency for us to either begin losing our faith and, and walking away or going ever nearer to God and being that much stronger, uh, built up and fortified in our faith in Him. And yeah, I mean, it's every one of us in, a, in this room has a story of some terrible experience or experiences that we have endured and and finding our hope in God, I think, is is key. That even when all else is crumbling, because this world is not going to endure, <laughs> our our bo these bodies are not going to endure. Um, but finding that which does endure forever, having that hope in God, is going to be uh, absolutely key and, and vital to helping us just take the ne next step. Not that we're going to be promised just perfection this side of heaven, uh, but being able to, to do the next thing um, and being as faithful as we can to whatever he calls us to uh, as best as we know how. And with just keeping in mind, oh, one before we get to the end, um, I think all of us may be considering things as we are uh, listening to this of, of just where am I at? What what may God be calling me into next? Um, whether it's a more dramatic change or whether it's even a small change of, of what gets us there. And so I think of this analogy, I hate climbing down ladders. <laughs> like, really don't like climbing down ladders. It's the height thing, everything. So I remember a few years ago cutting off branches that were on our, like overhanging our roof. And um, I needed to get down from the roof and 
the ladder was there, and you know, probably most people in this room would just go down the ladder, but I hate not having like a good thing to hold on to. And so I sat on that roof for a while, <laughs> and to the point where Larissa crawled up the ladder, and she's like, no, you gotta do this and this, and she's, she's going up and down, and uh, you either have to, I mean, you can stay on the roof, but you're either gonna jump uh, or climb down the ladder. And so I think if we think of that analogy in our life, um, if you're gonna jump and you really feel like that's the best thing to do, uh, you better know what's underneath you, how far you're gonna, how hard you're gonna hit, uh, and if you have something good to support you and land into. Or if you're gonna take the ladder, you're gonna have to know that each rung is a good rung to step on. And so what are those rungs in our life that can help us get from the next level, from one level to the next? Obviously not the best analogy because I'm talking about jumping down, but to go to the next level, <laughs> having that uh, foundation needs to be, to be key. Um, That's why I think that's perfect. I think a lot of times we have to go backwards before we get yeah. So as we keep in mind the season of Advent, as Nate has brought up, that it's not only reflecting on the first coming of Jesus, but recalling and anticipating that he's coming again. And the brokenness that we experience in this life um, isn't lasting forever, that we have eternity with Jesus in wholeness, wholeness of relationship, uh, wholeness of our being, uh, that we won't have uh, illness uh, wrecking our lives, that we won't have death to contend with, knowing that he has defeated and conquered death once and for all, and, and being able to walk forever with him um, where there's, there's no even hint of the bad. Um, I'd like to just read the lyrics uh, of this Chris Tomlin song, Is He Worthy? So do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Is all creation groaning? Is a new creation coming? Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He was David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. So I, I would like to pray and then if it's okay, could we do a little discussion time? Okay. And maybe we could just ponder um, getting off the roof. <laughs> and uh, if there's anything that you're seeking, uh, what, what breakthroughs are you hoping for in your life, whether it's personally or on behalf of a, a loved one? What is it that we're seeking that redemption of, that we can even get a taste of it this side? So let's pray. G uh, dear Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this earth that you, the Son of God, would humble yourself as a baby and not even born in a palace or anything comfortable, um, but from the very beginning, enduring um, discomfort and displacement and um, not being recognized and 
just so much of the human experience that is familiar to us and the, and the brokenness of this world. We just thank you that you experience that firsthand. And you're just the best example for us to follow of, of whole yieldedness to the Father. So Jesus, we just ask for your help to, to uh, follow your example, to be fully yielded to you, to have the openness, the willingness for your kind of change, um, to seek you when we're discontent with our circumstances, uh, to have that steadfastness to continue, and to find hope in you when our circumstances are absolutely hopeless. We just thank you that you are worthy, you are able, and we thank you that you have come and that you are coming again. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I just wanted to do a couple quick things, and then Paul would like Larissa to come up. Could somebody grab her? Amy, could you maybe grab Larissa? Thank you so much. Um, real quickly, next Sunday is the Christmas party. Food, come, bring friends, bring enemies, bring strangers. Uh, make friends, then bring them. Or bring them, then make friends with them. Whichever order, I don't care. Um, just bring people. And then um, just a quick note of thanks to all our video people. Sarah just texted me. She's at work. She had a little time between patients, and so she was able to catch some of worship and the beginning part of the sermon, which it's such a blessing to be able to do that on live streaming. And so thanks so much to video folks um, for doing that. They come early every week. It's a lot of work, <laughs> a big commitment. Um, okay, we'd like to pray for you guys. Um, why don't you take it? Here's how I'd like us to do it. I want you just to look at them prayerfully. And as you do, God may give you a prayer to pray over them or a word to give to them. If you have a word, you can grab a mic or you can come up, put your hand on them however you want to. But I just want you to just to look at them and see if God might stir up a word. And this may be new for some of you. It, you may not have done this before, but I'd encourage you to do it because you can do it. You know, God can speak to you and he can speak a word that could change their life. He could give you something that is meant for them. And so we're all just going to uh, look at them now and um, make them a little uncomfortable just by looking at them. <laughs> As we do, you see, and, and you feel free if you want to come by and grab a mic, you can do that. But uh, uh, we'll, before we go now, I'm just going to give them a chance to, to just to wait. So just wait for us and pause, and then you can come up. I believe God is sending you as streams in the desert to bring new life, new life physically, ushering it into the world, and new life spiritually. You're going to have opportunities that we wouldn't have because you're going to be alongside these fresh new mamas and daddies and an opportunity to speak life 
into them and the team that God's brought together and the two of you, um, the passion for life and life. I see waves and waves and waves of compassion. I see you reaching people who are hurt, people who have been damaged, people who are hurting and need their savior. You guys are gonna bring that to them. And so I just, um I know this is not the easiest word, but I just feel like God's saying that he, you're on an, an equipping journey. He's training you. And um, it's the hard way, one ladder step at a time. He doesn't want you to skip any steps. I think there is going to be desert times because he is using that to equip you to minister to others. Well, this sort of goes with uh, the last the last word, which is um, from Joshua 1, 7. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Only be strong and very courageous. How old were you when your mother passed? 14. I believe the Lord is saying, it's not for naught that she passed, and that you will be used um, as a mother for many and a voice piece for him. I don't have any exact word for you guys, but when Paul said, take a look at this couple up here, and I looked at you guys, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, look at these guys. Aren't they awesome? And I was thinking, as a, I know there's couples here in my age group, if you were my son or daughter and our granddaughter there, I'd be so thrilled, and I just felt like God was saying, yeah, I am so thrilled. These are so wonder, such wonderful people. He brought you together, and he's just got so much joy uh, in you. just looking at you, what a gorgeous family you are and how you're so dedicated to him, and he just is so excited about you. And I, I don't have exact word. I know that he has wonderful plans for you, but I know every... I think I could speak for other couples here, right? If we could... I mean, anybody would be proud to have you guys for their, for their children, and and grandchildren. You're just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I like that we have the space to do this, in this um, in this place. 
And when I look at you guys, um, I know we're not like super close, but yet we are brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You know, my wife and I were about your age, maybe a little bit older, but um, it's really encouraging like to hear you preach like Andrew and like, and see your wife and like see, you know, her with the kids. And it's like, I don't know. It's just really gives me a lot of peace just to see what God put together um, in you guys. And um, I just want to bless you more than anything this morning um, to just say that, you know, I, I really like the way that you, that God's given you like a gift to, to write and then be humble. Um, it's just like, it's so cool to see God give people the gift, but then like see, see how he's building you. Like you're not even where you're going to be yet. You know what I mean? Like he's continuing to mold you. He's continuing to work in this gift and in your heart. And I just see like obedience, like over your life. Um, and you've been obedient and I just encourage you to just con- like, no matter what happens in this next year that, you, that you're going to go through, keep leading your family and just know that he's, he's totally using this. And, um, I'm excited to to see what what he does in your life because I've seen a move in my life and I always get something um, from what you share. So so be bold in that, man. Be bold in that because I do see God very much blessing you guys and with favor in this uh, time time to come. So thank you both for uh, taking time to come here and and share like you do. Oh, okay. Father, I thank you so much uh, for uh, for Andrew, and um, I just thank you for the, for his family that he's you're you're calling uh, him to lead. And then, um, God, I thank you for the gift that you've placed um, in him for preaching and teaching and being a father. And um, God, we need fathers, and um, I know you're 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 showing him how to be a father. But then he, you're also through this, God, you're you're showing another generation, God, how, what a good father looks like. And so God, I ask that uh, you would give him deeper revelation of that, the love of the father, um, and, uh, continue to bless those, uh, those moments, allow him to be super confident in you in that Godfidence as one of my favorite preachers say, uh, that he would just continue to just step into, um, the, the places where he's called to speak and, um, just know that, you are through the, through your word, God. You are uh, speaking to Him, and um, every everything that is said, God. Your your word is so um, it is a light. It's a lamp to our feet in the darkness, and it's pretty dark right now. But um, that you have like the song that He shared, God. You, um, the light has has not been overcome. Uh, so the light of Christ has not been overcome. And so I thank you that this family preaches that, and I ask that they would continue to preach that into the world, all throughout the world. It's a big world, and I'm thank you, thankful for these two, Father. So we just ask on, on behalf of this body here today, um, we ask that you would give them everything that they need uh, provision-wise for this next year, and uh, also give them uh, even a big dose of joy right now from having um, because we do see that you, you're, you're having fun with this couple. You're having fun with this family. You're having fun teaching us and training us and, and walking with us and, and watching us mature and, and giving us uh, 
divine moments. And so uh, thank you for pouring all this out, Holy Spirit, um, over this family now in Jesus' name. Amen. I just got a little bit from you guys, or I feel like I'm hearing, take it or leave it, but that you guys are going to be a family to, I don't know, people who, who don't fully have it. And even more than you guys feel like you have business like being to, to people where it's like, oh, we'd be an okay, like people to hang out with. Like, I feel like God's really going to put some people in your lives and they're really going to like watch you guys and be like, dang, that's how it can be. Like, I never even thought it could be like that. So that's what I was feeling. So I figured I'd share. Good deal. Wonderful. Um, I have two things. One is um, expect surprises. Um, surprises are sometimes fun, you know, birthday cake and balloons. Um, other times, surprises are like, what? Uh, I don't know what I think about that. Um, as you know, God surprised me at one point and had me leave pastoral ministry and be a stay-at-home dad for six years, and I never thought that was part of my plan. And he taught me more about him during that time than all of seminary <laughs> and ministry taught me. And I know you're going to be spending a lot of time with the kiddos, Andrew, so I bless you in that with grace and forgiveness and all the many things you need, and that you would see it. Uh, I don't know where your perspective is. And obviously, our perspective changed day by day and how we're feeling, but I, I hope that you can uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind to fully see it and approve of God's will. And say, God, your, your will is good. I approve of this. Even if it's not what you planned or liked or you don't love every minute of it, maybe, but it is what God wants right now. And so... Uh, the other part of the advice is learn everything you can during every test so you don't have to take the test again. Um, because once couldn't be enough. So learn the more humble you are and the more open to the Lord, you can receive everything he has. And there's going to be, you know, times coming that are more difficult and more challenging. Expect roadblocks. Expect giants to show up. That's life. But be excited each time that happens. Because when a roadblock comes or a giant comes, that is an opportunity for God to do something and change something and move something. And those are really important times. So be thankful for the problems that might come. And because God's got something, a reward for you on the other side of each one of those. I've got a verse that goes with that. Um, Psalm 50, uh, verse 23. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. And he who orders his way aright, who prepares the way that I may show him, to him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. And I'm going to ask you to write it down. And whatever you people who gave words can remember if you could write it down, because they got a lot here, and so it's already coming. Thank you, Janice. And others, if you write it down, this will be a huge help to them. Wonderful. And I want to say something to you. You guys came through. That's incredible. We've never done this like this before, but it worked, and I commend you for being open to the Spirit, to let the Spirit speak to you, and then speak to them. I sat here and I was saying, yeah, that's from the Lord, that's from the Lord, that's from the Lord. So it's wonderful, Lydia House, that you're willing to do that. And uh, so there are others that will come. 
I'm going to give a benediction, and I'm going to give it to them and to you. Uh, if I had two, two hands free, I'd, I'd, I'd put it on both of you, but I want to put it on the mic, too. So, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.